This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Overcoming the poverty and setbacks of the inner city. It can be done if you make the right choices. We'll talk with a guest who's devoted her life to helping others reach higher. You are here for a purpose, and it is up to you to figure out what purpose you're here for. And that begins with becoming educated. Then, how do you get what you really want? Learn the secrets from a recognized expert in negotiation. What he says might surprise you. Little girls got what they wanted by learning the nuances of language. They bring that into adulthood, and by nature, they are superior negotiations to males because they've developed those skills. Those stories and more are ahead on this week's InfoTrack. Stay tuned. It all begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It's not easy overcoming the challenges of growing up in the inner city, but it can be done. InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with a woman who's done it, and she's devoted herself to helping young people reach higher. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Growing up in poverty does not necessarily doom a child to a disadvantaged life. It's not easy, but the obstacles facing inner-city teens, especially girls, can be overcome, as author Ruby Asua can attest to. Miss Asua was vice president of Father Flanagan's Boys and Girls Town, and she's the author of Little Sisters, Listen Up, a message of hope for girls growing up in poverty, racism, and despair. Welcome to InfoTrack, Miss Asua. Thank you. Your story is remarkable for what you've achieved, and yet your types of accomplishments are within reach of any teen willing to apply herself. Tell us a little of your early life. I grew up on the west side of Chicago, and during that time period, it was in the early 60s, we had Martin Luther King being assassinated. We were burning down buildings. We had the vice lords on the west side, the disciples, another gang on the south side. A lot of drug use and behaviors that I would say not very conducive to one growing up properly, particularly for a young lady or a young girl. And it was rough, but I think I had a very solid foundation at home, very spiritual people who also taught me to go to church and have faith that really brought me out of the west side of Chicago because I did have friends who did not make it out. They did not have the kind of household or the determination, as I did, to overcome some of the obstacles that were facing them and myself. You were probably a bit more advantaged than a lot of people in the neighborhood and that you had a two-parent household. That is correct. I guess the kind of scary thing for me is today I see many young African-American girls whom are growing up in a much richer household, so to speak, financially, and still seem to think that they are poor. And I think there's a big misunderstanding as to what poor is as far as materialistic things and what poor is with the spirit and with the family and with the home. So I see young girls today who do have things at home, who do have a mom and dad in the house, but materialistically think that they are very poor 
And that means then they should put themselves out. Well, well, I should sleep with him to get this, or I can wear this and let this hang out to be Miss This. You understand what I'm saying? Well, one of the things you're writing about too is the confusion of love with sex, or you know, feeling wanted and Correct. using that as as a way out of a situation when it's really just a way of perpetuating. That is correct. Situation. Many of the issues you write about, destructive relationships and loneliness, teen pregnancy and drug abuse, affect teens across economic spectrums. Why then is your message especially directed to teens in poverty? I guess because I still see a lot of young girls like myself in poverty. I still go back to the city of Chicago. The house that I grew up in is still there. I still go to that neighborhood, and when I go back, it is just a very humbling experience for me because I do think that there is a way out, and I think there are some very simple things that young girls can think about that I don't think they've really thought about or anyone has put the questions before them to think about to make smarter decisions in their lives and to realize that every decision that you make has a consequence. So it's not just about making a decision immediately to satisfy your immediate needs because there's a consequence to that. And it took me years to figure that out. And I really think that if I can just sit down or somehow get that message out that to everything that comes to us as far as what should I do or what path should I take, there's many decisions, there's many solutions to a problem. It's not just one solution. What are some of the steps teens can take, particularly African-American girls, the audience that you're addressing, to break this cycle? I think the first thing is self-respect, that young African-American girls have to learn to respect themselves because if they don't respect themselves, the boyfriend, the next boyfriend, no one else is going to respect them. So first of all, it has to be that you have to know that, in my opinion, everyone has a destiny and a place and that you are here for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. You are not just here for someone's play toy or to be sexual with them. You are here for a purpose, and it is up to you to figure out what purpose you're here for. And that begins with becoming educated, practicing, getting up in the morning, putting your clothes on, going to school, coming home, doing your homework, taking very small steps. And as we continue to do that, we continue to take more steps and we continue to want more. I think it's really important that young girls really try to stay up, be lifted up, Keep their shoulders up and keep their head up and stay grounded with your goals. But I don't think you can even start until you understand that you have a purpose. And even though you may not have a big fancy house or a big fancy car and you don't have all of that, you're still here for a purpose. You're a human being and you're a lady. You also write about the importance of finding and exploring your own talents and interests. What's the best way to do that, especially when so many urban schools have cut classes in the arts and sports programs and music programs? You know, I think that's a great question because I have to ask myself that. How did I even figure that out for myself? But I'm going to tell you one of the ways that I know is through a church or through an after-school program or through a girls' and boys' club that's in the neighborhood because typically those type of programs 
offer all types of opportunities for you to find out what things you're interested in or to teach you and to show you about other things that you may not necessarily see at home. So I think those are other avenues that can be explored, seeing that many schools have cut back programs and things of that nature. What are some things that concerned adults can do to help give a teen in poverty a leg up in the world? First of all, I think parents should understand that teens, too, do have pressures in their lives. And I think being supportive and listening and having a meal together, even if it's once a week, is so very, very important. You know, even if it's you and your daughter or you and your son or whomever it may be, I do think that kids do want to talk, but I do think it's very hard with working moms and working dads, latchkey kids, and the environment that we're in today. It is very hard to connect. And so the best thing a parent can do is to really try in some kind of way to connect with that youth. What about folks that maybe aren't parents or not parents to these particular children in danger? Is there or are there uh, ways that they can help out either monetarily or through volunteer programs to perhaps be a mentor? A mentor would be absolutely great. And even many libraries have mentoring programs that they can help with reading. And I know some of the schools still have that because that is only one of the ways that they could get services that are free. And like I said, the Boys and Girls Clubs that are in the local neighborhood, and last but not least, many churches offer all kind of programs where you can volunteer to help and reach out to a teen as well as a teen going in and getting some help. Ruby Asua, your book, Little Sisters, Listen Up, A Message of Hope for Girls Growing Up in Poverty, Racism, and Despair. Ruby Asua, thank you so much for being our guest today on InfoTrack. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, the secrets of negotiation. Get what you want in every situation. Don't miss this interview. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.